Welcome to MuggleCaster Weekly Ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. We have a big episode today. After years of occasionally touching on the subject, laughing about it, we're going to run through every security and safety issue at Hogwarts. <laughs> it was just time to get it all out there, to, to prove the case, and to laugh and cry about it all. But before we do that, there is a little news item to mention. We here at the show have been concerned about the fate of Lavender Brown. The books kind of left it open-ended, that the final book did, I should say. And the movie, it was a little more clear in the movie. She looked like she was dead, but we didn't know for sure. And then Pottermore, now Potter No More, came along and they published character profiles. And they had one for Lavender. And it said, fate, presumed dead. And we were like, presumed dead? This is J.K. Rowling's website. Shouldn't she know? So then we started calling it out. I think I wrote about it on my site, Hypeable. And then that section disappeared. <laughs> Didn't say if she was alive or dead. Just nothing. Well, now people have noticed that in the popular iOS Android game, Wizards Unite, there is a page for Lavender Brown, and it says, A member of Dumbledore's army, she tragically died during the Battle of Hogwarts. Now, I know this is Wizards Unite. It's not canon, technically. But I feel like they're probably working off of some sort of behind-the-scenes database with all of the canon information. All the officially approved information that they can publish in the game. Yeah. Right? So is mm. this confirmation? This might be as close as we're going to get. Agree. Mm -hmm. Agree. Yeah. I still justice for lavender though. This is they did her <laughs> dirty. Like, come on. We've been <laughs> wondering about this for years. And then finally, instead of it being a big announcement, a solemn recognition of what happened, they're like, let's just put it in Wizards Unite. <laughs> let's bury it. She's Last dead. sentence in her character bio. <laughs> dead well, as hell. It is an appropriate news story though for the discussion we're about to have on Hogwarts being a security nightmare, students just you know die in battles that are hosted on the uh, school grounds. <laughs> school yeah, <laughs> I think honestly though they're saving Lavender for the upcoming spinoff series. It's going to be a big reveal. She's basically like the Michael Myers <laughs> of the Oh my God Harry Potter series. You never really know if she's dead or not. That's oh, a fun. great idea. I'm going to take this as canon because I feel like that's that's some sensitive information that I think they would need to pull from some sort of behind the scenes, like I said, database with all the canon info. Yeah, they can't announce a new Lavender Brown spinoff series while this information is in one of their games. Yeah. Wizards Unite just can't go out there and claim Lavender Brown is dead right. without being sure. Right. So let's move to our main discussion now. All the ways that Hogwarts is a security and safety nightmare. It's starting to sound like a security nightmare. <laughs> security nightmare. Thank you, Lyndon, for making that sound effect. So we started talking about this on the show probably two, maybe three years ago. I had kind of this idea had entered my head because I was at a uh, Halloween party in uh, Chicago and I was dressed as a hat stall student. Like, I just <laughs> couldn't decide which house to be in. So I was wearing gear from all four. And somebody decided to start talking to me about Harry Potter. 
And he was bringing up all the ways that Hogwarts was a security nightmare. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. And then I brought it to MuggleCast. And it's really resonated with listeners, but we've never actually spent an entire episode on it. So it's an important discussion because for decades, the students and the teachers at the school have been lied to. Harry Potter's in danger. Put him at Hogwarts. It's safe there. Totally. They claim major threats afoot to the larger wizarding world. Oh, keep all the kids at Hogwarts. It's fine. No problem. That's that's the safe place for them. Threats within the school? Within the school? Oh, keep the kids in school. No problem. It's it's totally fine. Don't worry, parents. Even Hagrid, remember that one time, said Gringotts was the safest place in the world for something you wanted to hide, except perhaps Hogwarts. <laughs> so we've been we've been misled this whole time. You know who had it right? Dobby. Remember when he said, Harry Potter must not go back to Hogwarts. Harry Potter must stay where he is safe. He is too great, too good to lose. If Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts, he will be in mortal danger. Dobby warned us so early on about the staircases and the Forbidden Forest. (laughs) So Dobby wasn't talking about the looming threat of uh, Slytherin's monster. He was just talking about Hogwarts' natural state is way too dangerous. Exactly. And we will talk about Slytherin's monster. That is one of the biggest security nightmares at Hogwarts. But he was also talking about the staircase. That was actually a deleted scene. You know, I don't know how I feel about this because isn't Dobby part of the security nightmare that Harry encounters in his second year there? Does, doesn't he take some action that yeah, the bludger injures Harry? Could have killed Don't him. You, yeah. Well, we will talk about Quidditch being a problem, but that wasn't <laughs> Dobby's fault. I mean, it was, but <laughs> it's not his fault they play Quidditch. It's like security nightmare inception. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, Harry actually called on to the fact that Hogwarts was a security nightmare by the end of his time there. He said in Deathly Hallows Part 2 to Snape, it seems despite your exhaustive defensive strategies, you still have a bit of a security problem, Headmaster. <laughs> See, so there's been some clues over the years that Hogwarts was a total mess. We just really didn't catch on until uh, more recently. But that's the thing. You grow, you live and learn. So we have um, we have 23 here. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure we'll have some others that spin off of these. Let's start with Security Nightmares 101. Moving staircases Mm. at Hogwarts. Mm. We're introduced to these early on. Why do the staircases have to move? It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, It's magical. It's not fun. That's fun. It's like train (laughs) tracks, right? Like they're made to be switched so that you can have more efficient um transportation now i will say what i don't understand is why one of these moving staircases if i recall correctly has a missing step yep a trick step yeah oh my gosh we have 24 now you will twist an ankle that is a health and safety nightmare well and how about this how about a warning that the staircases are going to move (laughs) is there any sort of warning like a little alert alert they're about to move hold on portraits right i mean they're not doing no. anything else. <laughs> yeah. They should know. I mean, it, do they move at certain intervals? Is it random? Because, you know, like when you're on a uh, like a monorail or a train or a plane, what do they tell you before takeoff when the monorail starts moving? Please be seated. Please hold on to the railing. It's about to move. And then what happens when you're on the subway and you're not holding on to anything and the, the subway car starts to move? You fall backwards. You look like an idiot. This is what would happen with the moving staircases. This is what does happen. And Hogwarts doesn't tell us this, but I am I am sure 
that at least three students a year fall off the stairs and fall to their deaths because of these moving staircases. Is this like your Bill Maher? I don't know it for a fact. I just know it's true. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know it for a fact, but I just know it's true. Students die on these staircases. <laughs> The staircases, as we commonly think of them, are more of a movieism, in my opinion. I think it's one of those things that J.K. Rowling really liked and may have embraced in later books. But I think the the textual basis for the staircases just straight up moving. Let's not forget that's how they get to the third floor corridor uh, because they omitted the whole trophy room scene or the midnight mm. duel scene. So that mm. was like a convenient movieism, but also the actual textual basis. Uh, was the line about staircases on Harry's first day of school. There were 142 staircases at Hogwarts, wide sweeping ones, narrow rickety ones, some that led somewhere different on a Friday, some with a vanishing step halfway up. So it's not that the staircases would ever move while you're standing on them. That's ridiculous. But the idea that the configuration of Hogwarts internally is changing so that a staircase would just happen to like put out put you out somewhere else like that sounds more like more like a transporter beam than no. like moving this yeah this sounds like it's a psychological nightmare to me especially for young <laughs> students they're trying to get to class especially first years they're trying to make sure they're on time they know where they're going all these staircases doing different things taking them in different directions what kind of impact is that having on their mental health at such a young age I think it I think it keeps their wits about them. They it keeps their mm. wits. They allow themselves they're learning valuable life lessons like uh you know having their bearings and figuring out where they are from uh, other like landmarks and not, you know, the same old set of staircases. If that landmark is in the same place every day. Well, that's true. The suits of armor's move too. Maybe that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> get lost. Here's something that's uh, pretty much exactly as it appears in the books and the movies. The fact that Hogwarts is is located right next to what some call or have called the Dark Forest, the Forbidden Forest. This is a forest containing endless, dangerous creatures. Students are told to stay out, but we know that has the effect of only increasing their interest in taking a look. There's no gate. There's no security. You can just walk right in. And not only that, but due to the proximity of this crazy, dangerous, dark forest, uh, the students are then given detention in the forest. <laughs> so one of our listeners, Ferial, brilliantly points out, quote, third years cannot go to Hogsmeade without written permission, but first years can go into the forest of crazy creatures under the supervision of Hagrid. The man who sees Acromantulus as teddy bears. We'll get to Hagrid. I'm sure there's a whole list of Hagrid <laughs> as a security nightmare on these things. But yeah, the Black Forest. Like, this is a perfect place for a school, thought the founders. Uh, right. Hello. Right next to a dangerous forest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The detention really gets me. Because it's like, you're not allowed to go in here except for when you're being punished. And mm. we don't care if you're a first year. You still have to go in here. If you're allowed to serve a detention in the Forbidden Forest, I think that implies that the Forbidden Forest actually isn't that dangerous, which isn't true. Right. So it's misleading, which makes it more dangerous. And there's so many kinds of danger, too, in the forest. There's, um, you know, as centaurs, for example, they could kill you. But that's more of like if they if they disagree with you, if you try and interfere or whatever. So like there's so many ways you can get yourself in hot water. It's not just with 
dangerous poisons or um you know regular old nature stuff getting lost and starvation and um you know the the elements there's a number of things there's a car running loose in there yeah you could get hit by a car in the forbidden forest (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah this kind of feels to me like perhaps some medieval punishment that's just been passed down over the years I feel like that's how we can explain a lot of these security nightmares. It's just <laughs> common practices that have been passed down over the centuries. So nobody thinks of it anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, that's just normal. Yeah, send the kids out <laughs> into the forest with the haunted car and the giant spiders. Yeah, that's fine. I think, you know, I obviously don't want the forest torn down. We don't like deforestation here at MuggleCast. Mm. But maybe a nice tall gate or an age line. Like they put around oh, the goblet of fire. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's ways to easily keep the kids out. The fact that they traipse into the forest deliberately looking for something that can kill a unicorn is another thing entirely. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Well, also, Hagrid takes them into the forest for um, his class. Yeah. Remember yeah. to see the Thestrals? And he's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not taking you very far. But it's like... <laughs> I'm still in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's no in or out of danger when you're in the uh, forest. If right. you're in, you're in. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, I wonder if originally they didn't think that the proximity of all this nature to the school would be good for students to like learn more about their world. Mm-hmm. But yeah. some something or someone happened and then it was just like way too dangerous. Or why why did it have to be right next to the school? It's <laughs> yeah. right next to the school. Like <laughs> It's just yeah. a nice outdoor classroom. <laughs> nice. You're yeah. sick. I'm actually okay with the forest. I think it it adds character to Hogwarts. Character. Oh, these all add character, that's for sure. <laughs> I was going to say speaking of a very different kind of danger, let's talk about the Black Lake. Okay. Hogwarts plumbing apparently drains into this lake (laughs) which just raises so many questions for me first of all the giant squid lives there that's the giant squid's house and you're you're flushing your you know you know what into his house what oh man this would have been a perfect episode to have uh the hosts of fart cast on getting back to our pre-show discussion (laughs) Yeah, let's uh, see if we can get that for next week. This <laughs> also surprised. raises yeah. the question for me, why was the uh, second task in the Triwizard Tournament to make them swim <laughs> in this lake? Oh, no. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, I looked it up. And, and, and yes, this is where the Hogwarts plumbing leads to. It's, it's true. A, it's a sepsis nightmare. But why? It, exactly. It's a cholera nightmare. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, what I don't understand is like, I feel like I'm getting whiplash here because we heard within the last couple of years that wizards can just vanish there. Mm, and right. now you have indoor plumbing and you're like all precious <laughs> about needing to use it. Like, just vanish it. Yeah, they they could have a vanishing charm set up on the uh, U bend of every toilet. Exactly. Um, yeah, so they don't. The wizards don't even need to worry about waving their wand near their. You know what? I am, by the way, looking at where the the plumbing information came from, like the source, and that did come from Chapter Twenty Six of Goblet of Fire, the second task. 
So I guess it's brought up before what? they take a dive so, in wait, there. Is, Yeah, so Harry <laughs> knows this, and he's Myrtle like, yeah, talks sure. About it too. Yeah, Myrtle talks about not paying attention and accidentally finding herself out at sea. Like if somebody oh. flushes and she doesn't expect it. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's what? where it came from. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, like, <laughs> but so it's also, but wait a minute, it's also security nightmare to, yeah, to like the squid and all the animals in the lake. The mer yeah, people. Yeah, what about the mer people? Yeah, exactly. Oh God. And it's super deep. So students could go for a swim in there and then drown. That also makes it a security nightmare. Isn't, safety nightmare. It, isn't it sort of common practice for waste removal methods built by humans to empty into water? Yes. But don't they get like, purified or something <laughs> no the water gets purified coming in when we pull uh -huh. it in to drink it but i am not convinced there's actually any sort of cleaning method yeah. the other direction yeah no i mean also they're you know generally speaking i can't speak for every locality but there are usually laws mm. about where yeah. and how much and i just don't see that uh being a consideration <laughs> at hogwarts i can see dumbledore just being like yeah flush it i flush didn't it. even think about the students oh, swimming man. around in their own fecal matter <laughs> can you imagine why is like... the why is it black you guys most lakes oh, are like green uh no but can you imagine sludge. at some point during the day all of a sudden you start to hear a little bit of a rumble and like one mer person says to the other oh no hagrid's used the toilet again oh, <laughs> no <laughs> Wait, does Hagrid have a toilet? He might oh. just go in the lake. <laughs> he goes in the woods. He's definitely a, a woods oh. yeah. goer. <laughs> Let's move on. This oh my god! Much. I know this is like straight up toilet humor. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the Triwizard Tournament and the second task, let's talk a little bit about the tournament itself. It is extremely dangerous to compete in no matter what age you are. We learned this in the beginning of the fourth book. We even heard that students have died in the past. But, you know, given what's happened in Harry's first three years at Hogwarts, why not bring a task to the school where students can perish? It just, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not only that, are you bringing a, a, a fatal tournament to the school with tasks where students can die, you're bringing in two other schools to compete, one of which is led by a former Death Eater in Igor Karkaroff, and whose most famous alumni is Grindelwald. So <laughs> I don't get it, Dumbledore. What the bleep are you doing here? Yeah, and there's not much concern, is there, really? The Triwizard Tournament is sold to the students, to Harry and, and all them, as being a fun way to promote international cooperation and... Uh, really just break up the uh, horror from last year's Dementors uh, on the ground. So like, we know what will cheer the, the students up. Let's have yeah. a very dangerous contest where one of you will most certainly, if we're going by statistics, will be dead. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, and, and Harry, yeah, your your name was spit out of the goblet. I mean, we already have three and now you're the fourth, which never happens, but no problem. Like, you know, sorry, you, you still have to compete. We don't care if you're underage. And yeah. That binding magical contract, we can't do anything about it. You just, yeah, we gotta have to abide by it. Go through the motions. So sorry. And best of luck. Right. Tell what would have Cedric happened? Diggory. Was that ever answered? What would have happened if Harry just said, no, I'm not doing this. Does he explode? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Does Imposter Moody explode for putting his name in? All right, so let's get back to Hagrid, his care of magical creatures class. You come face to face with dangerous creatures. And the class is taught by, I'm sorry, an incompetent half-giant, which further endangers the students. The hippogriff situation, I think, was was one of the most on-point examples of the dangers. Also, Laura pointed out that Hagrid teaches a couple classes in the Forbidden Forest. There's a way to teach this class without endangering the students. I know (laughs) Hagrid wants to do some more host hands-on lessons, but... You know, maybe keep these animals, I hate to say this, but in the cage, you know, make the class a little safer. And I know Draco, he wasn't following the rules, but still, you have to assume that a student in the class is not going to follow the directions perfectly. Absolutely. I mean, to make sure we don't go too umbrage here, I just want to say that Hagrid's incompetence has nothing to do with him being half giant. Right. Right. No, I th- I wasn't. I didn't know how to describe him otherwise. He is a half giant, an incompetent teacher. There we go. I was about yeah, to say, yeah. how is his how is his blood status relevant to his incompetence? Well, we all know that half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with Laura. I think the security nightmare isn't necessarily the class; it's the person who's teaching it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hagrid has a track record. We've talked about it on the show. You go back to Sorcerer's Stone. Think about Norberta, think about Fluffy, think about Aragog and Chamber of Secrets. And now you get to him teaching in book three. He's got a good heart, but the execution of teaching for him just doesn't work because his heart wins out all the time. He's just so excited to show these creatures off to these students, especially Harry, Ron, and Hermione, that he just loses complete track of what it is that he's supposed to be doing. And he really does put the security of the students second to just his overall excitement for being able to teach the class. Absolutely. And any good teacher should understand implicitly the skill level and the care of that your students are going to take when introduced with a new living creature and Hagrid neglects to care for that. Like even if he wanted to teach everyone hippogriffs, he knows somebody like Malfoy is his student and would not be paying attention to the finer points and would get himself injured. Um, You need to sort of uh, adjust your curriculum. I think the Hogwarts teachers have this um, ability to adjust their curriculum based on the level that the students are at. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, a bunch of students who really, really, really care, you can do more dangerous potions. Like we imagine Snape does with his newt classes, but Something like Hagrid's just like, no, I want to teach them this beast and they'll get it. They'll they'll find all the same things interesting that I do. Um, <laughs> it's just wrong. It's yeah. in, it's incorrect. Yes, I agree. And he allows his enthusiasm to impact his curriculum, to your point. Uh, I think Hermione points out that hippogriffs are actually above grade level for them being third years. But Hagrid's just so excited that he wants to show them something flashy and cool that he doesn't start with the basics where he should. We have a new sponsor here at MuggleCast who I wish existed when we started podcasting. They are MD Acne. And that's because I've been dealing with acne for over 15 years of my life. I remember back in the day, I would tell myself, don't worry, your acne, it's here now, but it will go away once you're no longer a teenager. (sighs) No. (laughs) 
I'm still dealing with it today, but MD Acne has helped me in a major way. MD Acne is offering the first of its kind skin supplements that are customized for each person's particular skin condition and helps treat adult hormonal acne. The supplements feature DIM, a naturally occurring nutrient found in cruciferous veggies, which helps balance the body's response to hormones and support the treatment of adult hormonal acne. Here's how it works. Go to mdacne.com slash mugglecast, answer a short quiz. Based on your answers, you'll see what are the best vitamins and minerals for your unique skin condition and lifestyle goals, and then you can order your free month supply for free. Just pay for shipping. Unlike other acne treatment programs, this one is tailored to you, and that is key. When you see options online or in the store, they are never about your needs. But MD Acne focuses on you. They were created by Dr. Yoram Harth, a world-renowned dermatologist. MD Acne was founded to invent a better solution for acne. Just go to mdacne.com slash mugglecast to take the quiz and get your first month's supply for free. Just pay for shipping. Check out their other products too. They have the first acne controlling face wash that I actually love the smell of. All of MD Acne's products are vegan, PETA approved, cruelty free, paraben free, and non-toxic. Again, just go to mdacne.com slash mugglecast to take the quiz and get your first month's supply for free. Just pay for shipping. So we did get some from our listeners as well. Yeah, and here's one from Justin. He says, The Gryffindor Common Room's fireplace being on the flu network. And Laura added, Because of this, an escaped convict was able to talk to fourth years, which is not great. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I would extend this to say all of the ways in which Sirius Black got into Hogwarts or can get into Hogwarts or not even Sirius Black, actual criminals, actual Death Eaters, All the ways in which somebody from the outside, even when Hogwarts is at its maximum state of vigilance, the very fact that there are so many ways into the castle is a ridiculous, possibly the most damning security nightmare of them all. We have some uh, examples of that later in this discussion, I think. Yeah. Um, But it makes you wonder why was the Gryffindor common room on the flu network and were the other Hogwarts house fire uh, common room fireplaces on the flu network as well and that like okay maybe maybe the students can talk to their parents like that could be that could be nice but the common rooms seem like a pretty private place students deserve privacy in the common room they and i mean like sirius could basically or anyone it seems could basically spy on the children in the common room. Oh, creepy. You just look over yeah. from homework and there's like a, a head in there, somebody you don't recognize. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, especially Umbridge. Yeah. Because we know she does this too. She's a peeper. Mm-hmm. How many times that year during their fifth year do you think she was just low case, but like pulling an NSA on yeah. the trio and just monitoring them? So yeah, gross. I was doing some reading on the flu network, and it seems like every magical house is connected to the flu network. I don't know if I would trust the ministry. I want to know more about the security around the flu network. How right. do you place a call? Can you can you shut off access easily? I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. That that's like a home security nightmare. I would not like having uh, the flu network attached to my home. I just I would be afraid that somebody would somehow break in. Of course. What if it was the flu network by Apple, though? 
Would you do it then? They have some security <laughs> flaws from time to time, Laura. So I don't, I don't know. I no. flew. <laughs> I flew. Wow. Great name. There you go. But yeah, I, I'm curious here too. I mean, we see how Sirius uses it, but could it also be used for actual travel like we see in Chamber of Secrets? Could anybody just decide, oh, I'm going to Gryffindor common room today and pop in? Right. Yeah. It's not right. All right, this next one comes from Julianne. Julianne says, Prefects being left in charge of students when Sirius Black is roaming the castle. Did anyone think maybe a few actual adults should be in charge? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is, I can definitely see the Hogwarts teachers being like, yeah, just, you know, prefects, do your thing. And then they go to the staff room Trelawney gets out her bottle of sherry and they just <laughs> they just rave. They're like, yeah, there's an escaped convict in the castle. Whatevs. Like, the kids got this. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> that's what they're out searching the grounds. But that's still yeah, like yeah, yeah. an oversight. There is way too much trust placed in the students. I think that's what really this all comes down to. Mm. Yeah. The Care of Magical Creatures classes. The Triwizard Tournament competing in that. <laughs> the forbidden forest like everything everything comes down to do you trust the students and um i think we learned throughout the series that no a lot of them cannot be trusted no right. I, I was thinking think... too oh go ahead laura oh i was gonna say do we think maybe this is a commentary on boarding school life because prefects are a thing right and i wonder if it's intended to be a commentary on how um you know students or young people can sometimes find themselves in positions of authority and you can have mixed results depending on the motivations that each person has, right? Like we see this with Draco and his fellow Slytherins when they get put Mm. on the inquisitorial squad. And even though that happens, they still make Draco a prefect. Like I don't, I don't understand. Right. Yeah, you're putting so much trust into these young adults. And I'm even thinking back to Sorcerer's Stone when they're told to take the students from the Great Hall back to their dormitories when there's the troll in the dungeon. But what if they run into the troll somehow? Maybe the troll, you know, was feeling a little bit energetic that day and, and you know, ran up the stairs and was in the hallway somewhere. Do you really trust that Percy would be able to save the Gryffindor students from the troll if, in fact, they encountered the danger? No. Nothing against Percy. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we talked about this one a little bit already, but Quidditch is a big security nightmare. You have Uh, this high-flying, high-impact game in which you send balls directly at people (laughs) with the intent of hurting them. Oh, Andrew. What? Nothing. Just move on. This is serious, Laura, in which you send (laughs) balls directly at people. Heavy, big balls directly at people to hurt them. Yeah. Hitting your face, just thwapping against the side of your face. Like, that hurts. Yeah. Imagine this being a muggle sport. Uh, You don't see this (laughs) in baseball, tennis, football. Maybe hockey, right? Like, vicious. like Well, you check people. Yeah. I mean, in football, they are throwing themselves at each other. Yeah, Yeah, but they're not like... Yeah, it's not the same, though. Mm-hmm. This is a lot more violent, in my opinion. Yeah, they're not doing it in the middle, like, you know, 70 feet in the air. That's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Land sports are one thing, things with the field. But when you're in the air and can go all directions, it, that's so many more directions that things could go wrong. Yeah. 
No, I, I actually like this point a lot about being sent hundreds of feet up into the air and you're being targeted, essentially. What if you fall off yeah. your broom? You're not always going to have Dumbledore. <laughs> sorry. You're not always going to have Dumbledore there to go, arresto momentum and stop you from, <laughs> from falling from the sky. Well, that, that's the other thing. Like the brooms don't have a seatbelt. I mean, the whole Quidditch pitch, <laughs> the field should just be a giant cushioned for these students like why yeah. is it hard grounds below them i know there's skeletro i know they can be fixed but why let that why let their bones break at all like that's a really good question honestly <laughs> might be the defining question why let the students suffer that pain you're right yeah. i mean they have that playground material now that's made from like cut up tires like why mm-hmm. isn't the pitch just that or a yeah. net for like a trapeze artist uses yeah net there you go yeah, yeah. mm-hmm Oh, they should put a net. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, net. Yeah. It could be a magical net. I mean, anything, literally anything to prevent the uh, ground from coming up on you. Yeah. Right. I feel like if they were to implement this, I could see certain Hogwarts alumni being like, back in my day, <laughs> we fell off our yeah. brooms and we liked it. That said, <laughs> students are baby these days. The game of Quidditch does sound like it's in a much better state than what we heard about when we were going through our review of Quidditch through the ages. Right. Like it used to be worse, but that doesn't mean it's good now. (laughs) Right. All right. So the next one, this is mind blowing. We mentioned this earlier, the basilisk. There's a giant snake running through oversized pipes in the school put there by muggle blood hater Salazar Slytherin. The basilisk remained in the school for centuries and then Tom Riddle, Slytherin's true heir, eventually sending it into action. It kills Moaning Myrtle, but the Basilisk remains in the school, and everybody acts like everything's okay. And then, of course, it gets brought back to life during Harry's second year. I mean, what on earth? The school should have been shut down the moment Salazar put this snake in the school. <laughs> it should it should have been dead on arrival at that point. We cannot teach here while a giant snake is lurking under the school, just waiting to be activated by Slytherin's true heir to go and kill half-bloods. <laughs> well, Muggleborns. at the time that he left the school, would anyone have known about this? Like, I can understand, you know, Hogwarts continuing at that point if nobody else knew that it was there. But certainly... After the events that got Hagrid expelled from Hogwarts, right? Something should yeah, have I mean, been done. I, yeah, I guess I the think, question is when was it discovered initially? Well, there were rumors, right? I think that's like ever since Slytherin left, there were rumors that he left something behind a secret chamber. It's persisted throughout the centuries. Um, I think Laura's right, though. Where it really comes to a head is where Myrtle is killed, and now to be fair. The Hogwarts is not under Dumbledore at the time. It's Dippet's security nightmare. Uh, but <laughs> but nobody follows up. Myrtle is literally killed 15 feet from the very entrance to the chamber. And we're just meant to believe that for the next 50 years, teachers and everybody will like, we're like, no, we don't know where that thing is. We can't, we can't find the the chamber of secrets. We don't know anything about it. Maybe, maybe it doesn't exist. People want to believe that it's the acromantula in Hagrid's cupboard uh, that, mm-hmm. that was doing all the killing. But like somebody like Dumbledore, who isn't headmaster, has all the free time in the world to track down this chamber and doesn't. He's just like, yeah, um, hold my classes. 
have like grubbly plank or somebody like stand in for transfiguration uh i got this dip it i'm gonna find the chamber he doesn't there's no follow-through at all throughout the decades following myrtle's very real death it's unbelievable right yeah i mean i don't like excusing dumbledore of responsibility because i feel like (laughs) if he were in charge at this time he would have just kind of let it go as he's let so many other security nightmares go during (laughs) his time as headmaster but I just still can't wrap my head around the idea that they are comfortable with a baby Acromantula being responsible for what happened to Myrtle. Don't they know what she died from? Don't they know enough to understand that putting this on Hagrid just doesn't make sense? I, I get it was a cover up. And honestly, Dippet should have spent time in Azkaban for it, if you ask me. But Ooh. Yeah, I, this is just, again, the school, as Andrew said, being a security nightmare. You have this gigantic snake just slithering through. Again, the plumbing. Like, we're, we're back at the plumbing. <laughs> J.K. Rowling <laughs> always comes back to the plumbing. Here. Maybe she loved a plumber in, in her early <laughs> years of dating or something. But the other thing is, like, surely this giant snake can be detected. The Marauder's Map is a thing that is possible. There's got to be other ways to detect who and what is around Hogwarts. So it just doesn't check out yeah. to me that this thing, even you know, even if Salazar put it there and nobody noticed or nobody knew, I don't know. There's got to be some hints. The pipes are rattling a lot. Yeah. There's a growling happening underneath all the toilets all the well, time. That's the whole thing is like the main the main entrance to the Chamber of Secrets is guarded by parcel tongue. Like you need to be, and that's a very rare sort of thing but i think you can infer from the legend if it's something that only slytherin can call parcel tongue seems to be like a very likely like way in which the chamber is guarded if they ever did a search and we were told i think in chamber of secrets that searches have been conducted nobody competent was running those searches because they would have been sure to send far and wide word that they need somebody who can do parcel tongue and any like excuse that that could make is uh, cut off at the knees by the fact that Ron in Chamber of Secrets C- and Deathly Hallows just like mutters a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Imitates Parcel I just Tongue did an impression. And it works. <laughs> yeah. Literally, no one even just tried to, uh, you know, to like the, the faucet when Myrtle died. Like nobody tried. Um, Whoa, Eric, awful. you just activated a snake in my house. Oh my God. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. What was uh, it sorry, doing is it for your, that long? Is it your Alexa snake, your Echo snake? <laughs> <laughs> did anyone even bother to talk to myrtle after all this like obviously we know the trio does Mm -hmm. and she describes perfectly what happened to her and if you took 30 seconds to ask her what the last thing she saw before she died was it wasn't a baby spider right oh my god it was was two eyes not eight (laughs) anybody ask her did anybody think to ask the dead girl what happened like she's a ghost Mm -hmm. oh yeah and there's not even if that's the entrance to the chamber the snake gets around the school inside the walls there have to be other methods by which you can gain access to those same tunnels and then trace them down to find the chamber. Nuts. Here is uh, another one. This one's quick, but it's uh, <laughs> required reading. Assigned reading, The Monster Book of Monsters, 
A massive book that's required reading and can eat you alive. <laughs> I mean, come on. I think at the most, it probably, you might lose a knuckle, you know, but like, yeah, it's an unnecessary risk. Hagrid thinks it's funny, and that in and of itself should tell you everything you need to know about how safe it is. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. Would you three be comfortable studying with this book? Not no. Really. I wouldn't. How could you how could you focus on your work knowing that maybe this book is mm. I know you got to tickle the spine and then it's friendly. But what if it goes rogue? What if it's hungry? What if it's having a bad day? Also, I think this is a publishing nightmare because it's obviously not Hogwarts or Hagrid's fault that this book exists. Like this was somebody's <laughs> idea. They were like, you know, it would be really cool. If we made a book about monsters that tried to bite your hand off, that just, yeah, send it to <laughs> the, the press. They don't even sell the, they don't even tell the bookstores how to handle it. There are no instructions that come with it. So that poor clerk at Flourish and Blots has like bandages over all of his hands. And he's like, this is the worst thing ever. He sees Harry coming a mile away and he's like, of course. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call my wife and tell her I love her. Um, <laughs> as he goes into the cage to get the book. Yeah, it's nuts. Like, these books should come with instructions and the books should be docile or drugged at the time of sale. And it should be something that you have to like, like a Tamagotchi, like, you know, you have to activate it and then it's kind of alive. Yes. Well, back to Hogwarts, just not having adequate protection from the outside world. Um, a dog was able to break into the school which strongly suggests that it isn't that hard to get in in the first place. <laughs> um, it just, first of all, great point here. It seems like a pretty big oversight when you consider the number of valuables and just the history of the school Yeah, that a dog could get in. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, well, a dog with a human mind. Yeah, right? yeah. But they also like in this world, Animagi exist. So, yeah. so like, why, like, why would you not think of this as being one of the top ways that somebody might try to infiltrate the school? Yeah. And it, I think the, my point here too, is just that anybody seemingly can get in to the school, like period. I, I don't think it's that hard. If you really wanted to break into Hogwarts, you could. Yeah. 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 I mean, Peter Pettigrew practically lived at Hogwarts. Right. For years. That's the biggest security nightmare. Yeah. It's like nobody caught that. <laughs> right. I, get, I mean, you know, like Dumbledore needs his own Marauder's map. I know why Fred and George wouldn't recognize Pettigrew on the map, but he Dumbledore needs needs his own to keep an eye on everybody. Or just like maybe not a map, just like a, a long list of everybody who's currently in the school. That would probably uh, solve a lot of problems. I know the map is creepy, so a list could be a good alternative. And and just to bring back the uh, forest for a second, if you're staking it out, trying to figure out the best time to infiltrate, you have that entire forest just to be able to uh, pass the time. <laughs> yeah. You can just hang out there. Nobody's going to find you there. Mm-hmm. And right. if you're a dog, plenty of trees to pee on. Oh, we're back to <laughs> just don't the humor. <laughs> <laughs> just back to the plumbing every time. Well, one person who you could argue was sent to deal with all of this nonsense from Dumbledore was Dolores Umbridge. Mm -hmm. So maybe, in fact, she was the savior of Hogwarts being a security nightmare. But that said... <laughs> She certainly created some of her own 
problems at the school, some of her own security nightmares, probably the top one being her detentions. She literally tortured physically and mentally the students yep. at the school. Yep. They have scars to prove it. It's so disturbing. I just, uh, I'll never be over that. How bad must you be at governing a school and keeping the kids safe that the government needs to step in and send one of their own to do it? Right. (laughs) Hogwarts reputation was so poor at that moment that literally Dumbledore, one of the smartest wizards of all time, couldn't talk his way out of getting the government to step in. That's how bad the situation at Hogwarts had become. Yeah. All right, next one, the Whomping Willow. There's a massive tree at Hogwarts that can kill you if you approach it. I know why it's there, but maybe- This one's on Dumbledore. This one is totally on- He put Uh it there. Yeah, he went through all that trouble of putting the Whomping Willow on the grounds and then the whole thing with the Shrieking Shack, convincing everyone it was haunted, et cetera, all for one student. And I love Lupin. Y'all know that my AOL screen name was very nearly Remus Lupin 423 at AOL.com. But I'm telling you, I don't know that the risk of the, the Whomping Willow for being on the Hogwarts grounds forevermore was actually worth what it gave one student. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think it's, I get Dumbledore put it there, but I think it's on Dumbledore because it's still there. Like it's time to take it down. That's not needed anymore. Or it's time to petrify it or something. So it doesn't like just just remove. I like <laughs> again. We are not for deforestation here on MuggleCast. So how about you just take out the fact that it's gonna the the feature in which it beats people or move it to the forest. I mean, maybe he's thinking that they might get another student who is a werewolf, so they might need it, right? But like, come up with a room at Hogwarts where they can like go chill. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing is we see in Prisoner of Azkaban that Lupin is able to take his potion and just curl up in a room for three days. Yeah. You know, like, why wasn't that just the way it was handled always? Well, the the Wolfsbane potion wasn't around yet. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. So that that is stated. But there's no reason that can't exist today. Um, The Wampang Willow does not really need to exist anymore. And then do you guys know what I'm saying when I say drinking bird? It's those mechanical birds that like dip oh, their yeah. beak yeah. in and it's like on a spring. You could have one of those and magically enchant it and set it up right at the Whomping Willow to 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 push the knot so that it's always docile. So that it does <laughs> it's always just kind of chill. It's just always kind of like, ah, whatever, I'm a willow, it's cool. Like behaves like a normal willow tree and then just never remove the bird. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think about those poor birds from Prisoner of Azkaban that Alfonso right. Cuaron added. Oh. Yeah, Alfonso really pointed out at, you know, I think he was trying to tug at our heartstrings there, make us realize how dangerous Hogwarts is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the avian death count is just way too high. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> here's another one. And this one stands out. We were just talking about Umbridge needing and like the government needing to inter- intervene. But yeah, poor background checks on teachers between Professor Quirrell, <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart, Alistair Moody, who was really Barty Crouch Jr. Um, just poor background checks. Dumbledore just really not seem to be doing the the due diligence on these people that he's bringing in to teach the kids. Trelawney. <laughs> Some of them. You're lucky if half these teachers didn't actually serve time in Azkaban because some of them did. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy for, for violent crimes, I will say too. 
So it just, um, it, it's a big mistake on Dumbledore's part. He doesn't follow through. Um, you know, also the things that do happen at Hogwarts, he doesn't seem to have the right course of action. Like, do we know, did he ever investigate the troll coming in after Quirrell let the troll in and at the end of book one, was he just so convinced that whoever the culprit was would probably be out by the end of the year because of the DADA curse that he's like, I won't investigate this any further. Um, there's just some really weird mixed messaging as far as Dumbledore being desperate for DADA teachers and Dumbledore just willingly bringing people in who are going to harm the students. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good point, especially when you consider the fact that there is a commonality between these people. Like, <laughs> he should be very concerned about anybody who wants to take this job. Like, yeah. his first question should be, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I would just add to this list, Trelawney, we know why he hires her. Snape is a questionable hire as well, although he's very good at his job, but he's terrible to the students, most right. of them. And uh, one other, which we've already talked about, and that's Hagrid. Mm -hmm. who is not qualified to do his job. So it's not just DADA. <laughs> it seems like, and I'd have to go back and do a check on when these other professors were hired, but it seems like it's possible that McGonagall, Flitwick, and Sprout were all holdovers from Dippet. And Dumbledore just isn't a good hire-er. <laughs> Dumbledore had reasons to hire Hagrid, getting him back on his feet, clearing his name. Right. But the thing is, Dumbledore knew the DADA role was cursed. Mm -hmm. So you need to do extra, extra research into these people that you're appointing. I don't know when he figured out it was cursed, but he knew at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to the point about hiring and all the other professors, he's really just stacking the deck and stacking the school with his friends with or with people who are of strategic importance. None of the reasons why Trelawney is at school and actively allowed to still teach classes and teach young generation of students has nothing to do with the students or the value of education that she can bring them. She's there because she needs to be protected at all costs from Voldemort. Mm -hmm. So Alohomora, can we just agree that this is a plot device that just got used way too frequently. Like, why <laughs> yeah. are so many doors locked at Hogwarts if pretty much all of them can be opened with Alohomora? Yeah. It's what is the point of a lock if it can so easily be unlocked <laughs> without the key? <laughs> Wasn't there like a legal precedent where if something's unlocked, you don't break in? It's not breaking and entering. So they have to lock it because there's like a threshold to mm. understand it. I don't know, but everything security wise, everything that's ever meant to be secure in the Harry Potter books is broken into. And the ministry is twice, if you include Cursed Child, like via the same method, 17 years apart or 11 years apart. So there's really just no regard at all for actual practical safety. If somebody has the will, they will find the way. Um, but it's it's seemingly so easy for 11 year olds to get down into and and get the sorcerer's stone i understand a little bit of favoritism special circumstances but i mean it's that problem from sorcerer's stone spread out across all seven books secure places 
are not secure. Locked doors do not remain locked. <laughs> right. Period. <laughs> and especially to get into where Fluffy is. That's all you have to do. The Fluffy one, that ju- that one just, ugh, that kills me. Yeah. And Dumbledore is just like, don't go there. Just, <laughs> just don't, don't go. go there. I told him not to don't go. go. He's, he's wiping his hands of responsibility. Yeah. Washing his hands. When you tell kids to not go somewhere, they're going to go. They're going to yeah. get curious. You're tempting them. It makes me wonder if that was his plan all along. Like I could see Dumbledore being like, I'm going to tell him not to go. <laughs> and then we're going to see we're going to see what happens. We're going to see who the problem children are. All right. This next one. This is a mental health nightmare. Making kids face their bogarts in front of their fellow students with no clue what the bogart might turn out to be. I mean, a lot of these kids are experiencing these creatures for their first time, so they don't know what's going to happen. <sighs> I think it's just so embarrassing for these kids to have their worst fears exposed. The more you know. And then you might be <laughs> bullied about it for months and years to come. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a, that, that is making the children vulnerable. Yeah, because to uh, we have another one here from Melissa. To Melissa's point, there's no anti-bullying initiative at Hogwarts. What are the consequences? How are parents involved? How are bullies being made to feel responsible for their actions? Bullies are often going through their own crises. How are they being helped? How are the victims being helped? All these students in a school away from their families and not a single mental health professional in the building. It's outrageous. Poor Neville is going through some real hardships and has no one to talk to. Yeah, where's the guidance counselor at Hogwarts? It's like your head of house. That's about it, right? And they're not really doing it i can see sprout as being a really good guidance counselor head of house okay yeah no yeah i figure i'd throw that out there and mcgonagall mcgonagall too speaking of mental health nightmares back in uh book three they thought it would be a great idea and i understand the ministry was involved here too to put dementors to guard the school from Sirius Black. These (laughs) soul-sucking creatures that are completely and utterly irrational and have no means of human communication. So if one comes after you, you're basically screwed. (laughs) They're there for protection against a wizard who already eluded them to begin with. (laughs) So what makes them think that they are going to keep him out from what he's looking to do I mean, based on everything we just talked about, if this man can break out of Azkaban, he can sure as hell get into Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> dementors or no dementors. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, what a brilliant idea to have creatures that keep felonious dark wizards in check around a bunch of students. <laughs> I also, Were there no incidents? Yeah. Sorry, Laura. Oh, go. no, you're good. I also just wonder, too, how hard did Dumbledore fight this? Like- it just seems like he accepted it. He was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just not in their nature to be forgiving. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> like, it's like the same thing with Fluffy. He's like, eh, don't go there. I think Dumbledore's <laughs> drunk. I think we have discovered Dumbledore is just drunk throughout the entire series. He's the real drunk at Hogwarts, not Trelawney. Yeah. Micah, at the top of this, you brought up a good point that the students are really screwed if they encounter these Dementors. It's it's hard to cast a Patronus, so they're not going to be able to fend them off very easily. No. And 
The whole thing is that they think that they can keep the Dementors under control, but we know from incidents that happen throughout Prisoner of Azkaban that that's not the case. Yeah, They just float about, do what they do, and you can't really rationalize with them in any way. So to put these creatures around the school, especially with young kids, yeah, that is just, it's a terrible idea. If you're a parent and you hear that Dementors are guarding Hogwarts, what are you thinking? The parent angle, too, is just insane. Yeah. I mean, parents aren't notified ever. Yeah. Before we continue with our discussion on safety and security at Hogwarts, let's talk about your mental security and safety. It's so important to keep your mental health in check. If you think there's something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, check out BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can work with digitally. What's great about BetterHelp is that it makes it so easy to jump into therapy. Within 48 hours from now, you can start speaking with a therapist right from wherever you're listening to MuggleCast, and the service is available for clients worldwide. Log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to take a time-consuming trip to a therapist's office. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, so do something good for yourself by working with a mental health professional. We have a special offer for MuggleCast listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com MuggleCast. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. MuggleCast listeners can get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash MuggleCast. All right, next one from Steph. A room full of lost artifacts seems like a pretty huge security nightmare to me, considering no one knows what's in there, and one of the pieces just happened to be a vanishing cabinet that... Oh, I don't know. Let in Death Eaters. <laughs> Again, Dumbledore needs a list of everything. The Headmaster needs a list of everything that's in there. Oh, a vanishing cabinet? Hmm, seems like an issue. Well, and also they know that its sister is in Borgen and Burks. And they know what sort of clientele is attracted to that store. Yeah. Why... Would you allow this item to be inside of what is supposed to be the most secure place in the wizarding world? Like, give me oh, a Oh, you know, break. it's busted, so it's okay. It's no longer a threat to us. <laughs> Mo- Montague was in there rattling around in it for a while, and he said, oh, yeah, it didn't sound like it's working. And they did no follow-up. You know, that's the thing is like, again, follow-up. You know, once Montague does show up in Hogwarts, uh, ask him where he's been and actually do the work of figuring out what you know, cabinet it was and where you were and all all that stuff. Nobody like really seemed to follow up on that. Creating a security nightmare. And I will say a lot about this stuff. It has to do with there being generations upon generations of students, right? These kids who, first of all, it's dangerous that they don't know how to control their magic that they have, that they were born with. So the school is inherently a dangerous place because they're learning to control it. But then you get these things like the vanishing cabinet where these magical items that are huge security risks just exist in a school like this. And it's just normal because this is a school of magic. And so things tucked away in the room of requirement could have deadly consequences, but nobody's doing an inventory of the room (laughs) of all things inside the you know, room of requirement. Nobody's doing a health and safety check to make sure there aren't 
hazards and other things in there. It's a school of magic. It's a Horcrux hidey hole, too. <laughs> Horcrux hidey hole. Yeah, there's pieces of soul. And that leads directly into the next item here from Melissa, the restricted section in the library. Some of these books are literally dangerous. And obviously, it's not so hard to get in there. Is the trio do so multiple times? <laughs> You're right. Why are these books there at all? Restricted, ones. unless you have a cloak, yeah. invisibility cloak, then you're good. A cloak, and and it's just supposed to be a a, a teacher's uh, what sign off permission. Like you need to demonstrate your need to, or reason for having these books, and a teacher can sign off on it. Harry, one of the times his way into the restricted section is just to ask Lockhart for his autograph. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Yep. I know Dumbledore removed the Horcrux books, but his way for Hermione to get them was not that secure either. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, these types of allowances for students to access dangerous items, like they're pretty lax. Hermione got a freaking time turner when she was 13 because McGonagall was like, she's a really good student. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, we forgot about that one altogether. That's a <laughs> yeah. huge security risk. <laughs> Could screw up the whole world. <laughs> oh, Listen, we they had her, a though. talking to with Hermione. Yeah, yeah. They gave her a stern talking to. Um, okay, well, this next one comes from Anthony. Anthony says, secret passages that lead from outside of the school grounds and therefore outside of any of the magical fortifications protecting the school to literally directly inside of the castle and not only that but the teachers who are also meant to be protecting the students don't even know about some of them the school is hundreds of years old well i think it's older than that um you'd think someone other than the marauders would have drawn up a map detailing the layout at the very least to educate the staff on all possible exits and entrances yes at the start yeah. of year meeting, Dumbledore should be reminding everybody about all the entrances and exits, especially while Harry's there when there are a lot of threats at the school. On the They school. probably don't even have a fire escape plan because they're nope. relying on their ability to use Aguamenti. <laughs> right. Or take all that nasty water from the Black Lake and throw it oh. on the school. <laughs> and fire. Yeah, where are the fire drills? We're the Dementor drills, the the, <laughs> the Death Eater drills. Yeah. Okay. Next one is from Eleanor. This one, this one kills me too. The fat lady as gatekeeper to the common room, which is presumably intended to help keep the students safe. She gets drunk on duty at one point. She can hardly do her job responsibly then. Plus, she goes off for chats and other portraits, meaning students can't get back into their dorm slavishness to password system she prevents neville from entering the tower because he can't remember the password despite clearly knowing who he is and that he should be allowed leaving him alone in the corridor including at night and while we're on the subject of passwords eleanor says dumbledores are clearly too easy to guess he needs to change it up <laughs> if he wants decent security on his office his office has so many so many valuables why not have a secure password? Well, how many people know Dumbledore the way Harry knows Dumbledore? Yeah. But still, I I agree wholeheartedly with this whole fat lady thing. The password system is antiquated. It's like why your iPhone switched from uh, passwords to face ID. Because like if you're a Gryffindor, you get in, period. You don't need to remember, you know, a complicated password or a password that under Sir Cadigan changes every day. 
um there are better ways also dumbledore's passwords you know they are super simple like if he tried to put those into one of these password manager apps like one password or LastPass, it would be like <laughs> yo this is way too insecure you need some exclamation points you need some semicolons you need uppercase letters lowercase the letters complexity numbers. is way too low right you need like 35 characters come on dumbledore i have a i have a more secure password on my on my on my Neopets account. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we just talked about the fat lady. Here's another one related to portraits. This is from Dodgeball Hero, who says the ability for portraits to flit between different places and tell real people about what they see kids doing at school in all places in the school seems creepy. Yeah. I, I agree. Portraits are a huge security nightmare and one that we don't talk about often enough. Yeah. They deserve privacy, people. I mean, come on. Look, the students need to be watched over maybe in the Great Hall, in the corridors, but in the common rooms, there shouldn't be portraits in there staring at them. Dumbledore, poor Dumbledore, always being watched, mm. too. Or ghosts. Think about ghosts, too. I mean, they can just drop in on you in an inopportune moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Myrtle is in the bath with Harry. Mm. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That's really disturbing. All right. Well, Chelsea does a good job kind of putting a bow on this whole discussion. She asks, the fact that parents are notified of literally nothing, imagine picking up Hermione at the end of her second year and you're her parent and you say, how was your year, darling? To which Hermione replies, yeah, not really sure. I spent most of it petrified in the hospital wing. Also, I accidentally turned into a cat before that and spent a solid month in the hospital. Wing. <laughs> oh, and there was a giant snake running beneath the school, but it was a yeah. great year. Oh, my God. <laughs> we also know that Hermione does not tell her parents about things clearly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see, you know, in the fifth book, she's supposed to go on a skiing trip with her parents and she just dips out. She's like, hey, I have some magic stuff to deal with. Um mm -hmm. And they don't really seem to ask beyond being disappointed that she's leaving their family vacation. Mm. So like Hermione almost has like a don't ask, don't tell policy going with her parents. Then she wipes their memories. <laughs> I think all of our parents would be very concerned if we told them about, you know, being in these situations. And I also wonder how many students actually tell their parents what's going on at the school. I don't know. Because if you brought up a lot of these things, I think they would write to the headmaster. Well, Draco clearly does. Yeah. Some do. Some do. How much do you feel Molly and Arthur know? I, th I feel like they know quite a bit. But they also have like 10 kids at the school. And they also went there. So I think that plays <laughs> into it, too. I think they knew what their kids are getting into, whereas like Hermione's parents wouldn't know. I mean, right. their daughter is taken into the Chamber of Secrets and almost killed by <laughs> Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Spend five more years there. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Go back next year, Ginny. Good luck. Uh, well, I guess I guess it shows that they trust Dumbledore and the professors there. I don't know. It's all one big mess. But there's another question here. Should Hogwarts improve? <laughs> or... Or as one person on the website, the Q&A site, Cora brought up, are these issues there by design? Because maybe they give students real world practice with, with what they can encounter. 
sort of like how it's argued in the books that they need uh, practical lessons in defense against the dark arts so they can prepare for the real world. Are all of these these dangers in Hogwarts there by design so they're ready <laughs> for what's to come, potentially? I think some of them are, but I would go back to the point you raised about why we love the school. It, you know, despite us having this entire conversation about Hogwarts being a security nightmare, I do feel like a lot of these things are what makes Hogwarts fun and interesting to read about. We're a bit older, so we can reflect on some of these things as definitely being questionable, but uh, I, I chalk it all up to why the school is just so much fun to read about. Yeah, <laughs> Keep suffering for our entertainment, kids. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, I think to some extent there's always going to be some danger because these kids who are wielding magic don't know how to do so safely. But there's, it's a far cry between that and actively welcoming more danger than would normally be. Like there's chaos, but there doesn't need to be sort of an, an open invitation for... Uh, people who would not have the best interests at heart of the students or the school to be brought to the school. And they consistently and under Dumbledore repeatedly are. So it's a no from me. <laughs> it's a no from me. <laughs> it's going to be a no from me. You know, yeah. it really does make me wonder, circling back to an earlier point, if to some extent all of this is intended to be a commentary on boarding school life. Um, I've mm. never attended boarding school myself. But I've definitely read articles about some of the crazy things that happen at boarding schools and people continue sending their kids there. Yeah. So like there are definitely well, real world scandals that break out in these kinds of environments. And I wonder if this is all um, like a subtextual commentary on that. Yeah, it's. It's funny that you say that because it reminds me of two things. One is that David Heyman saying he really took this on because it was a reflection for him back to his time at boarding school. So I don't know what he did at boarding school, but it must have been <laughs> off the charts. The other was the Quizage question, Eric, that you had a couple of weeks ago about Tilda Swinton not mm. taking the role. Uh, was it Trelawney? Uh, because- I believe so she didn't want to basically glorify boarding school life. So right. maybe, Laura, to your point, uh, there is something there. Maybe real life boarding schools are more dangerous. <laughs> if you went to boarding school, please write in. Yeah, let us, <laughs> let us know. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you poop in the lake? <laughs> <laughs> Was there a Triwizard tournament? Were there portraits staring at you? Was there a book that could eat you? Okay, so if you have any feedback about today's discussion, if you have any other security nightmares, please send them in, mugglecast at gmail.com, or use the contact form on mugglecast.com. We would love to collect some more. Maybe we can do another installment of this discussion. You can also record a voice memo. Just email that to mugglecast at gmail.com. You can also call us 1-920-3-MUGGLE. That's 1-920-368-4453. Just try to keep your message about a minute long. We love seeing and reading your feedback, and sometimes we include it on air, so please do send it in. All right, it's time for Quizzage. Last week's question... When Harry and Dumbledore apparate to the cave, what is the first spell Dumbledore uses? 
The correct answer, you guys, was Lumos. Oh, of course. I would have guessed Alohomora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he non-verbally said Alohomora because that makes the most sense. Well, I will say to a person, you guys, everyone who submitted answers did so via the new Quizich form on MuggleCast website. MuggleCast.com slash Quizich. The only we only got one complaint from our leaving Twitter, and it was from Time Traveling Unicorn, who says in all caps, I literally got a Twitter account to play hashtag Quizich. What is this nonsense? <laughs> well, look. Yeah, Eric, what is this nonsense? Twitter's a hellscape, well, so now you can leave it again. It's for the best. Actually, that same person's bio says came for the Twitter games, stayed for the energy. So <laughs> they've uh, they've decided to keep on Twitter, even though okay. Quizich is no longer found there. All right. And they submitted. They're one of these winners. So awesome. Thank you for making the transition. Thank you, everybody, for humoring me and uh, allowing us to consolidate all of our submissions on the MuggleCast website slash Quizich up at the top menu. Just click it. Correct answers were submitted by Allie, Anne, Anne, Billy, Kiara, Krilisi, Delish, Elizabeth, Ellen, Gussie, Jade, Catlin, Katie, Kelly, Michelle, Nadia, Ning, Flam, Romina, Sabrina, Savvy Allen, Shyam, Snuffles 69, Stephanie D, Suhas, Tara, and Tuesday. Next week's question. After Neville falls off his broom in year one, who tells Malfoy to shut up? Submit your answer to us via the MuggleCast website, mugglecast.com slash quizich. Great. So to wrap up here, a couple reminders. We would appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to MuggleCast. Thank you in advance. Also, follow us on social media. We're MuggleCast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and LinkedIn, too, and YouTube. Really, we're everywhere. You can also join our community of listeners today at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. You get early access to MuggleCast. You get ad-free MuggleCast. You get access to our planning docs, our weekly live stream. You can tune in and hear us record each episode live. We also banter before the show begins and a little bit after as well. So you really get a behind-the-scenes look at the making of MuggleCast. You also get bonus MuggleCast installments, a new physical gift every year, You get these benefits depending on which level you pledge at, and we have a new AMA benefit for our Slug Club level patrons. Once a month, one of the four MuggleCasters will be recording an Ask Me Anything video, and I think sometime this summer we will also do a group one as well, so that'll be fun and change up the dynamic. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this major look at every single security nightmare at Hogwarts starting to sound like a security nightmare security nightmare i'm andrew i'm eric i'm micah and i'm laura bye everybody bye bye bye